Hey everybody, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, good news, everybody. Um, I am going to be doing not one, but two panels at Liberty City Anime Convention um, on the weekend of the 18th. Specifically on the 18th, I should say. Um, The first panel is one that I'm doing that I've done before, which is actually the second panel of the day for me. Um, and that is Full Metal and Beyond, a exploration of disability in anime. Um, and I'm calling that Full Metal and Beyond Mark Two in all of my like promo materials because I've obviously added stuff to it since I did it last, um, just to include more of what's recently happened in anime in regard to disabled characters and um a whole bunch of other stuff. So, I will be doing that, but then the first panel of the day, the one that I'm doing at 1 o'clock, is going to be Mommy and Daddy Hate You, Crappy Anime Parenting, which is a running list, currently, of the worst parents in anime. Um, some highlights you may, may, you may already know, but I'm not going to spoil them here, you gotta... You got you got to get a ticket to know, as they say. But um, I'll be doing that panel at one o'clock, and I'll be doing the um, other one. Ugh, it's been a long day. I'm sorry. Um, I'll be doing the other one, which is Full Metal and Beyond. Wow. Um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little uh tonight. Um, but I'll be doing Full Metal and Beyond at 6 o'clock in, I think, panel room 3 or 4. I think panel room 4. And then I'll be doing Mommy and Daddy Hate You at 1 o'clock in panel room 3, I believe. I'm not entirely... Actually, I think that one's in panel room... No, the uh, Full Metal and Beyond is in panel room 4. And, um... Mommy and Daddy Hate You, I believe, is in panel room 3 at 1 o'clock. Um, and Full Metal Beyond is at 6 o'clock, which I know is the end of the day, but I still hope people come out and show up, because I filled the room with that one last time. And this time, Vic Manana, actual voice of actual Edward Elric, is going to be at the convention doing panels and whatnot. So I hope that people will be hyped and be like, oh, another Full Metal Alchemist panel. Oh! Guess I'm learning about representations of disability in anime. You tricked me, Alex. God damn it. This is really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay and ask the question everyone asks about dis- disabled characters in anime. And that is Alex, what do you think about Toph? And in most cases actually in the last case, I was lucky enough to have a blind person in the audience. And I instantly said, hey, you, what do you think about Toph? And she stood up and she stood and delivered her, I'm assuming, can answer on what blind people think of Toph, which is really interesting and really cool. And I'm happy that I got to meet that person because she was really awesome. We had a whole conversation about um, how you get prosthetic eyes. Which was amazing. (laughs) 
But, um, so yeah, that is what I'm doing out in the real world outside of your little headphone bubble. Um, but if you can make it to Liberty City Anime Con, it is a weird feeling for me to go to that convention because I went to my first ever anime convention at the same venue that Liberty City is now in, and that is the Times Square Marriott Hotel. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, not so little, more massive anime convention called the Big Apple Anime Fest. Uh, yeah, Big Apple Anime Fest used to be in that space, and then it was taken over by, you guessed it, the Republican National Convention. <laughs> because, of course. Um, and when, But when I went to the last Big Apple Anime Fest, or BAF as they call it, uh, they did things like play Princess Mononoke on the Coca-Cola billboard in Times Square, which was mind-boggling for a 15-year-old me to be, holy shit, that's Princess Mononoke, one of my favorite movies of all time. And for those of you who have not listened to this podcast before, I have... Since seeing Princess Monoki in the theaters, and it is still amazing. So, um, yeah, check that out if you want to see an amazing movie. I did a te- probably terrible podcast early on in this run of this show um, on it. I forget what episode it is, but I definitely, I've covered Prince Mon- Monoki probably to death on this show. And by to death, I mean I beat I beat myself to death with the box nightly to show my devotion um but we're not here to talk about Prince Monoki I promise I won't be doing that movie any more disservice out of my mouth currently what we're here to talk about is a different show and that show is Comical Market Far past, there was a 
animation studio that was just getting started called Kyoto Animation. Now, now they're known as KyoAni, and everyone throws flowers at their feet and, wor- and worships the ground they walk on. But when they were just getting started, they were making a couple shows here and there, and they were getting their feet wet and all that stuff. And one of the shows they made as their first kind of foray into the style that they're now known for, although they do also do other really beautiful things like um, Violet Evergarden, um, which they did for Netflix. But Comical Market was kind of the first thing that they made, and it established a, a style and a kind of kind of trappings for their shows up up until really that show, um, Free Iwatobi Swim Club, which when it was introduced, when it, the preview dropped, everyone thought it was sacrilege because it was just hot, buff, swim dudes. And when it came out, it was like, hail, this is amazing, like weird subversion of everything that kill Annie was about and the reason why I'm talking about this is because in order to understand kind of where comical market and shows of its ilk like um Kaon for example come from you kind of need to know what the studio that made it is about and for lots of you I imagine this is this is retreading well tamped earth if if you will but on we go so, Iwatobi Swim Club was this, like, was just about, like, fully re- realized, well-proportioned teenage dudes in, like, full-on man-service speedo and swim cap swimming competition kind of show. And what made this so out of character is that usually KyoAni made shows like K-On!, and um, I think the most they'd ever stepped out of their, like, sphere was um, Beyond the Boundary, which was pretty well regarded as just kind of okay. Which I still haven't seen it, but every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting, maybe. But also, Beyond the Boundary was very much still their quote-unquote house style of a show. And so uh, the kind of perfect version of what KyoAni made, of a lot of what KyoAni made when they got started was the show Tomiko Market. And Tomiko Market, which I believe also has a theatrical movie, um, is about just these little girls doing a whole lot of nothing and but and that sounds kind of shock standard for anime now but for a long time that was not what anime was i mean if you go and you watch anything from the basically the late 70s to late 90s uh, you don't see this kind of stuff. You don't. You see shows that are definitely aimed at girls. 
aimed at women, those kinds of things, but you don't see the kind of moe blob stuff really until the early 2000s almost. And part of that is because uh, it just got so immensely popular so quickly, and the idea of, like, the I want to protect this sweet summer childness of moe caught on so quickly in the in terms of the Japanese fan base and at a time when the anime industry was not as I don't want to use the word aware I want to use the word um complacent to or um deferential to maybe what a American anime fan would like, or anybody, any kind of foreign-born anime fan didn't have as much sway over the creative output as we do now. Now, when anime is made, it's made with a internet, not only with a Japanese audience in mind, but with a international audience in mind. I think I've talked about this before, but that means that they pay attention a lot more to things that American fans like and things that, like, British fans like and all that stuff. And, um, for example, something like K-On, like the K-On movie where they go to London. It, that is very much like, we're taking this out of Japan, so it can be, so it has the legs to be more popular. And you see shows, you see a lot of shows that a take that definitely takes place in Japan, but they are not so dependent on it because the anime now has to have a more international presence in order to be successful, especially since the kind of TV viewing captivity <laughs> has disappeared. I mean, as we speak, the, the day that you'll probably be listening to this, I'll be going to cancel cable, because... <sighs> cable, man. But, um... Anyway, so... Tomico Market is exactly what they mean by a slice-of-life show. It is not about big, bombastic, in, insane battles. It's not about, we gotta, like, put this band together to save the rec room or whatever. It's very low stakes, very relaxing, um, very... It's got an... It is It is probably classified as what they call an Iyashke show. And Iyashke are shows like Flying Witch, um... Flying Witch is always the thing I think of. So we'll go with Flying Witch. But um, they're just shows you watch because they relax you. And they, they, are, they aren't hard to digest. They have a certain like tone to them. They have a certain almost color palette to them a lot of times. And a certain pacing. And they're meant to just be relaxing. Like you can, you can absorb, you can absorb them pa- completely passively. It's not like you have to sit down. The, the difference between an Iyashke show and a it's like a shonen anime or like 
worlds apart, or even a shoujo anime are worlds apart. The difference between any in between an Iyashke show and a shonen anime are like the difference between once again Flying Witch, which is, I'm going to go back to a lot for this episode. And a show like Dragon Ball V. One, you're watching to get, like, super pumped up and you get really invested in it. I mean, I don't know if anybody listening to this also listened to um, All Systems Goku, which just finished its first season. But that is two grown men from the video game industry, like two heavy hitters of the video game industry from Giant Palm, actually, from GiantPalm.com. Basically discovering Dragon Ball Z for the first time in their lives. So, which is as great as it sounds. But the uh, the one of them, Jeff Gershman, the, uh, the kind of founder of Giant Bomb, also is super into Iyashke shows. Which is a really weird niche for him to have because he goes into Dragon Ball Z and he's like, yeah! But then he also talks about watching a show like Laid Back Camp and just straight up being super into it. Um, which he actually he actually got that show from his anime panel that he did at Anime Expo, which was really good because he just he came away from that being like, man, I really need to watch some Laid Back Camp and he went and he made that happen. Um but, so, like, the, the difference is between uh, something, if you want something more recent, like, a laid-back camp and a Black Lagoon. <laughs> it's, it, they're totally different shows. But, this show isn't strictly an Iyashke show, because Iyashke shows have this kind of, they're so low stakes that nothing, that there's no... There, there, there's no real plot to them. They just kind of, like, exist along a path for a certain amount of episodes, and then they stop. And it's just like, okay, that was fun and nice. Um, but in this show, there are plot points. Um, and the lead character named Tamako... actually runs a mochi shop. And mochi is, like, this kind of, like, Japanese ice cream wrapped in rice thing. It's like a little cold dumpling, basically. And what that means is that she runs a traditional mochi shop um, with her fam. She, she helps run it with her family, who live and work in this shopping arcade. And the people who live and work on the other side of the street, who are like the competitor Moshi Chop, she's um, fr- she's really good friends with their their son. Um, who has a huge crush on her, and it it manifests in the show as him trying to constantly tell her, like, I like you. And her not 
not reading the not reading a like the room, but b the people in the room correctly. And she called it Mochido because that's similar to the name, and it had mochi in it. And she really likes mochi, and that's kind of her one of her defining traits. This and the thing about this show is it it doesn't feel the need to explain anything, but that's okay because it doesn't feel the need to really even have a strong plot. It has plot points that carry through, but it doesn't have anything in the way of real... I guess the best word for it is... Plot... It doesn't have any real plot progression. There are plot points and there are little things you can follow along with, but nothing is... absolutely, without a doubt, that important. And that is kind of a good thing for this show, because uh, when I... So, to give you an idea, uh, when I started watching this show, I started watching it on... um, I started watching it, I believe, on the Anime Network. So, the Anime Network is what High Dive used to be. If you've been like, what is this High Dive thing? How do they have all these licenses? What happened... That was what the Anime Network was. The Anime Network was a pay-per-view TV channel that I believe ADV started. ADV, I'm pretty sure, no longer exists or exists in a very small way. And the Anime Network... um, Actually, no, it was Sentai Films. So Sentai Films still exists, but... They originally had this TV network which transferred into, like, a streaming service that was not really well run. And the way I know that and the reason I say that is because I got it for free for many, many years apropos of nothing. Actually, that's not true. It was apropos of something, and that something was that I ended up signing up for a preview of it. I didn't use the preview. I canceled the preview, I think, um, a week early because I wasn't using it. And then, a couple years back, I saw they had a Roku app, so I installed the Roku app, and I went, like, I wonder if I can use my login to watch anything here. And I realized that they had never shut off my premium subscription, I wasn't being charged, I, like, I did, I did this for months, and then it kept going for a couple of years. So now I'm happily giving High Dive money because I got their service for free for many years. But in that span of years, I watched Tomical Market, and I watched it. I, the way I would watch it is I would put an episode on while I was getting ready for work and basically getting ready to commute to an office wherever I was working. I forget where I was working at the time. But, um... It was just a nice, relaxing kind of exhale to start the morning, if that makes any sense. And it might not sound like I'm talking... It might sound like I'm not talking about the show a whole lot, and part of that is because there's not much to talk about here. There's not much meat on the bones. There are... Because there's not... There's not a central conflict, and there's not a central... 
plot that I mean there's like a an A through Z plot, but none of them are really important. Uh, you, you when you watch this show, you are watching it because you want to take a relaxing look at the life of a girl who lives in a house with her middle class family, runs a shop in a shopping arcade, and like just does life stuff. And Kyoani for a long time was super known for all of those things. They were known for um, specifically shows like Tomical Market and shows like K-On! Which, um, if you haven't seen K-On! It's, it's kind of the grand, the grand, the grandparent of, like, the moe look, if you will. Like, Tomical Market came out and it was one thing, but K-On! took the world by storm. It took the, like, moe blob and perfected it in a weird-ass way. But the reason for that is that they took all the parts of Tomical Market and they kind of grafted it onto just a little bit more of a thing. And yes, that thing was girls sitting around drinking tea and sometimes playing music, but the musical aspect of it was done in a way that I remember when um, K-On! came out, me and my friend Christian, this, like, another brown man of questionable descent, (laughs) um were, of course, total dweebs and total anime nerds. Uh, we sat there and we watched K-On! And we just went like, what is this show? Uh, it's girls playing rock concerts, I think. And they were in high school. It was for, like, two seasoned otaku in college, who had, like, a way about them, who knew what anime was and what, like, it, what kind of stuff anime produced into the world. This was just so, like, weird and cool and perplexing. And then I remember me and Christian saw each other later, like, I know what, he's like, I know what that show is. He's like, yeah, I know what it is, too. We were both like, it's cute girls drinking tea. Maybe sometimes with instruments involved. So it was... uh, that, That really, because of its kind of fantastical nature in, like, the openings and endings and getting people to watch it, what did what Tomico Market ultimately couldn't do, and that's kind of cement the idea of Moe in the overall popular culture um, of of anime as a whole, which is really interesting. Can you tell I'm ready? I'm getting ready to give panels at conventions. I've sound like overall popular culture of anime was affected by blah 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 blah, but um. Yeah, so Tomical Market just kind of 
came out, it was popular enough where it got a theatrical movie, which I still haven't watched because I just haven't watched it. But it also did... It did everything right because it didn't have a whole lot it wanted to do, if that makes any sense. It kind of... It kind of told a story. It did what it wanted to do with its story. And then it just kind of moved on. It just kind of, like, was in existence. It, it's not... It's not a... It's not a show that I would go out of your way to watch, even if you like slice of life moe stuff, because there's better versions of that, aka Kon, aka Flying Witch, even some like laid back camp sound. Laid back camp sounds like a laid back time that I'd be into. Um, and even if you like Yashke stuff, once again, stuff like laid back camp, stuff like Flying Witch, stuff like even Kon. That stuff is fine. Stuff like Sound Euphonium. Stuff like um, New Game. Um, it, New Game is, uh, has a lot of Moe elements in it. But... Actually, everything has a lot of Moe elements in it now. I shouldn't say that just as a specifier. But hey. Um, but this show really attempts to just relax you and just like get you in a headspace where you're like, I could watch some, te- some preteen girls just, like, run around and do dumb shit for half an hour. I'd be cool with that. This show seems like it would... If if I were one to partake in the marijuana weed plant from time to time, which I'm not because last time I did marijuana, I'd got so high I ended up in the ER. And that's not because I got high and like cut off my own thumb. I'm not a moron. I I ate a pop brownie. It may have been super strong. I ended up like cold and shivering in a bed in the ER because I somehow caused my potassium levels to drop so low they were non-existent, among other things, I'm told. Um, uh, my body had a cons- had a complicated relationship with alternative substances. But um the if I were to indulge in that stuff, I would totally like get like a nice mellow high and just watch this show and hang out and be okay with the universe, man. And it it's kind of great that there are shows like that and it's and of these, I, Comico Market's okay. <laughs> I wish I could say it was great. I wish I could be like, go out there and find this show and watch it. But it, it just, it's just okay. And that's okay, because it's like... The world is obsessed with quote-unquote quality. And quality entertainment, quality products. But... Uh, things like say uh, things like say a fork you have all kinds of variations of forks but you mess with a fucking fork enough and it, A it is no longer a fork it is a totally different thing it is a spork it is like a fork knife 
combination. It's a fondue fork. You mess with a fork too much. It's a serving fork. And you... Like, it's a different thing. The fact that it is okay... It's actually great. And if you mess with... If you mess with the good parts of Tomico Market... To... Make it better... Just, like, somehow shine it... It'd be try... It'd be trying to... It'd be like... Instead of polishing a turd... You'd be trying to polish silver into gold. Because you wanted gold instead of silver. But you'd ruin the silver in the process, if that makes any sense. Um, to come up with a weird metaphor for from years of jewelry making. Um, but as, as a result, it's just like, it's an enjoyable time. So if, let's say... You were watching. You were looking for something to watch, and you wanted something that was fairly low stakes, and you'd already seen other low stakes things I've mentioned. It would be a kind of nice thing to just sit down and hang out and watch Tomico Market, and just like let it wave over you, let the little jokes that it has with the fat parakeet who um name I don't remember, but he's really funny and he's really well voice acted in English. And, um, Moshido just kind of hit you and move on. Because it... Uh, and that's really the thing it does get perfectly right, is that Iyashke atmosphere. It has this nice, slow meandering feeling to it. I'm sorry if I just paused. I just heard thunder. I don't think I've ever heard thunder with my headphones on. It sounds really weird. But I'm sure the mic picked it up somehow. But, um... Yeah, so... This is probably... This is gonna be a shorter episode. Probably about half the length that we normally did because I've had a long day, people. And I still have to put this out. So... Yeah... But on that note, once again, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, if you like this show, please listen to other episodes. Um, subscribe. Leave me a review on any of the places you've heard me. Because I'm just about everywhere with this thing right now. And also, I am going to be on the weekend of, the, of August 18th at Liberty City Anime Con on that Saturday, the 18th, doing two panels. The first one at 1 o'clock in panel room 3, I think. Um, I don't have the schedule right in front of me. But <laughs> that one is going to be at 1 o'clock, and it's going to be called Mommy and Daddy Hate You, Crappy Anime Parenting. And then the next one is going to be at 6 o'clock, and it's going to be in room 4, I believe, called... Full Metal and Beyond, a exploration of disability in anime. If you are going to Liberty City Anime Con and you'll be there on Saturday, I strongly encourage you to come check out my panels. I'm told I do a good job on them. <laughs> I will not put that assessment on me. Other people have come up to me and they said, you did a really good job, you should do this here. I'm like, no, I don't do it that often, and other places scare me. 
Um, but yeah, so definitely come and check it out because it will be a lot of fun because I try to make these panels a lot of fun. And on that note, I will talk to you next time.